We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Date Day Show. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. All you need to do is to provide the phone call with Paula here today. She looks ready, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And remember, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, thanks for being here. It is my pleasure. It's Thursday date day, so this is what we do. So you kind of been hanging out with me. I have been hanging out with you. It's been really nice. I tell the people at church on Wednesday, look, as soon as we walk out of here, date day starts. Don't call me. <laughs> you know what? That didn't stop, though. You're on your phone all day. Well, not too bad. Sometimes it's it's me kind of reaching out. But, you know, Joy of Jesus is coming, so yeah. I'm getting some. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Speaking of Joy of Jesus, and I'll talk a little bit more about it today, uh, Pastor Juan Ortiz, who is our Joy of Jesus pastor here at Calvary Chapel, uh, he is going to be live on the program tomorrow. Uh, to talk about Joy of Jesus. It's been a couple of years because of COVID and city regulations and restrictions that we've been able to to have a Joy of Jesus. But this will be our 24th Joy of Jesus at Travis Park on Saturday, October the 22nd, uh, from 11 o'clock in the morning until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And we'd love to see out there. It will blow your mind when you get out there and watch it. So Pastor Juan will fill us in on some details tomorrow. And uh, we would really, really covet all of your prayers uh, for the the event uh, coming up. Looks like the weather is going to be great. And uh, so we're thrilled. Mm -hmm. Great to me is like 90 plus. Oh, yeah. But it's not going to be that great. It'll be good weather. Yeah. Yeah. 70 something. But, you know, when you're working and serving and dancing and, you know, running around the park and all that kind of stuff, the 70s, 80s, it's, it's good. Okay. So, what's on your heart today? Well, um, I was listening to the show yesterday, of course, this whole week, and uh, I loved. Who I don't know who called in about the divine appointments, but I like divine appointments, you know. And you just never know how they'll work out, because um, you know we're just going along, living our life. Lord, you know, let me walk in the spirit. Let me talk and act like you know a Christian. You know, especially out in public. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you just never know when you're going to affect somebody. And You just said something. Go ahead. We should be more concerned about acting like a Christian in private. Absolutely. Because in public, we kind of watch ourselves anyway. Mm-hmm. 
but it shouldn't be any different. It shouldn't. Now, and I know you know that, but mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, I just want to make sure the, the audience doesn't make a distinction. Well, you used to tell our boys, as long uh, yeah. as you act better in public than you do at home, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. That's right. But for Christians, everything is public. Yeah, everything is public. And, and actually what I tell people is if your Christianity is not working at home, if your Christianity is not working at home, don't export that because people listen uh, to us. And, you know, the word hypocrite is why, you know, and a lot of times we're very, very guilty because we're so busy um, trying to win people to Christ on the outside, but the people in our house are like, would you just be quiet? Yeah. The people that know you best ought to have the highest regard for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because because they see that your faith is genuine, and boy, that's a whole show sometime, Paula. But um, we can't let our guard down. I tell my pastors here all the time, and, and I'm not butting into your, your stuff. No, no, no. Just, this is absolutely this is perfect. something important. But I tell my pastors all the time: you can't afford to have a bad day. Yeah. You can't afford to have a bad day. People are watching. People need you. You tell the Lord that you're a servant. You've come to serve the people that he loves, the people for whom he died. And if you have a bad day, it kind of blows everything. Yeah. You know, people people back off. They they kind of think, well, I thought he was a, a godly man or a godly woman. And um, the reality is it's our responsibility um, to be the same always and realize that even when things are going Um, hard for us when we're going through a difficult time. Um, The joy of the Lord in his presence is the fullness of joy. And we've got to make a decision whether or not we really, truly believe that. And as for me, I'm not a a bubbly, cheery person like you are. Um, But it's impossible for me to be down. I can worry about things, and I do. uh, But it's impossible for me to focus on those things when I'm in his presence. I think that's a really important word for people out there today. Um, we, 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 our, our faith has to be worth having yeah. for other people are going to catch it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and, now and, I, I, and I, no, I, no, I, no, because I really I like that because um, uh, I know it's radio. I need to not take that long pause, but you know I've been trying to work on. Let me think before I speak. <laughs> How's it working? <laughs> That's hence the long pause on a radio program. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, as you over the years have wanted to um, have people come into the church, even if they don't believe what you're talking about, you know, I think the phrase you say, believe what you're selling, Jesus, um, they can at least see that you truly do love him. And, um, and and they'll know I believe it. And you, they'll know, yeah, he might be crazy, but he believes what he's talking about, you know, that kind of a thing. And I think that's how it should be. Um, and I appreciate, uh, because you aren't the most bubbly of persons in the morning when you wake up. And you, no lie, you say, ouch, that's the first thing, like you always <laughs> say. Um, but I know you. I know you, you have nightmares. I know some of the fears, I don't know all the things that you're going through and don't need to. Thank you very much. You know, you're protecting <laughs> me. Um, but I understand that. And so, but I appreciate the fact that you get up and you go over to the other side of the house. So you're not affecting me by your, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And then when we come back together, you're just ready. Like today when I, I met you on the street after, you know, you're doing your exercising and I'm doing mine. And, you know, we've already been in the Word, and while we're out, we're praying. And then when we come back together, you know, not today, but yesterday, you put your hand out to me and walk me around the block while we pray. I mean, who, what, what Christian woman wouldn't want that? <laughs> so I, I, I appreciate you. Anyway, um, divine appointments, getting back to that. Last night after church, a young girl who had never been here before just moved to San Antonio um, came up and was introduced, you know, and stuff like that. And so she and her friend were walking out, but then all of a sudden, here they come back. And this young woman wanted to know, uh, t- asking me, where's Pastor Ron? I have a question to ask him. I was like, well, I think he's in his office where, you know, let's go, t- let's go see. And, of course, you were in here getting your stuff ready so we could go home. 
And uh, she just said, I heard what you said. You said, I can be introduced to Jesus? And you said, yes. And she was ready, curious. What, what, do, you, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. And my answer was, Jesus is a stranger to you now. Mm-hmm. You know about him, you're here. Mm-hmm. But he's a stranger to you now. And I love, in fact, the best part of my job is being able to introduce people to who Jesus really is. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know him, I'd be happy to do that. And this girl ended up, uh, she, she was with a friend, and, and they said, if you want to do it right now, I'm not going to put any pressure on you. If you want to do it right now, mm-hmm. we'll do it. And and the friend said, well, is it okay if I if I think about it? And they said, of course it's okay if you think about it. And the other girl said, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were able to, to, to pray with her and, and she asked Jesus into her heart last night uh, on a Wednesday night Old Testament Bible study. Yeah. Her grandparents go here, and mm-hmm. she was here to see them. But uh, she got saved last night, yeah. and um, and now she's. I told her, now you're in San Antonio. It's a brand new place for you, but you got family here. Yeah, now. absolutely. Yeah, and I, I know her friend will be sh- shortly. I bet you <laughs> coming to the Lord as well. Um, you know, listening to uh, Dewey. Um, David taking that census of Israel, you know, and then your response was, our sins affect others. And man, is that ever true? We think, well, it's my life. Yeah. You know, I have have ladies who, not now, but I used to, uh, well, I'm going to get an abortion. Well, (laughs) what about your husband? Or, and, or what about the one who, you know, impregnated you um any concern there no it's just it's just my body kind of a thing you have no idea how many people are affected by that parents grandparents you know friends and family who know what's going on no don't do it don't do it don't do it my best friend in high school um she was a junior in high school got pregnant and my mom is the one who encouraged her and I think even took her to get the abortion. Her insides, physically insides, are messed up. But emotionally, mentally, she has never been right. Um, And, you know, I lost a great deal of respect for my mom at that time. Um, I felt bad for my friend because she got hard, you know. Uh, So... What we do affects other people, um, and to not care is just the worst thing. So, yeah, yeah you know, Paul, and one of the things that we, uh, and this is the lie of the enemy, he blinds us to the truth, um, but abortion is just a perfect example. Uh, all you have to do is look at a, at a sonogram. You see those children. Uh, you can see facial expressions. You can see them. Um, sneezing, you can you can see all kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, they, they, their faces move, and, and yet, um, if we want to believe badly enough that that's not a baby, um, we we make a decision, and and the, the the consequences just never end. And and we like to think, and people are very loud about proclaiming that it doesn't really matter. It's just fetal tissue, and 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 yet the the reality is the the woman who has the abortion. The moment she has an abortion, the devil starts calling her a murderer, and that guilt never goes away, yeah. and and it affects future families, it affects future children, yeah. and um, you know the obvious we've we've murdered 65 million babies since 1973 in this country, and imagine what we could have done. You and I, we've got some um, um, pastors' wives on our staff. Um, two of them in particular, who, who were at the abortion clinic, mm-hmm. in the stirrups. Yeah, and 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 just God sort of chased them out of out of the stirrups. I mean, they were at that point of no return, mm-hmm. and um, they just they just ran out. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Can't do it. And um, you Thanks know, w- we we graduated um, those kids. Yeah. And and. And now they love the Lord, and they're they're serving wonderfully fruitful lives. And I just keep thinking, you know, uh, a woman who is considering abortion, if you can put yourself in the position of a mother, and down the road you've got a couple kids, 
and you're thinking, well, which one of those kids can I do without? Because that's exactly the, the decision that's being made. Um, um, when a woman decides to have an abortion, you're, you're, you're picking a kid with, without actually meeting him or her, but you're picking a kid to live without. And I've asked uh, women that, well, which one of these kids would you, would you do without? Well, no, I couldn't do without them. I mean, I love them. Well, th- that child in your womb that somebody's considering aborting is exactly the same. So um, those are just things, you know, when Dewey sent that question in, Paula, um, I, I never thought of it. Um, you know, I, I think the best of people, and, and I, I, it never occurred to me that people might think, well, if I, if I repent, then maybe God will take away the consequences. And we were talking about this earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should have, because I've had so many men come into this office and, and broken because uh, their wives have found their sin and, and now their wives are gone. And well, if I repent, well, will God restore my marriage? And my answer is, I don't know. Well, then, then why repent? Because you've sinned against God. This isn't just a sin against your, your wife. Mm-hmm. This is a sin against God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and justice requires that kind of repentance. And the reality is that we, we, we're so selfish in our thinking that it becomes all about us. It becomes, um, well, I want my circumstance to be better. Like Cain, my punishment is more than I can bear. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we just want to escape the punishment without ever really dealing with the root of the problem. That's our own sin against God. David said, against thee and the only have I sinned, O God. And we remember that he sinned against Bathsheba. He sinned against Uriah. Mm-hmm. There was a lot, but, but he realized, this man with a heart after God's heart, he realized that... Um, the root of his sin was sin against a God who loved him and God who'd been there for him mm-hmm. uh, all the time, a God who'd made him glorious promises. And um, yet at that moment, he chose to sin. Yeah. I think when I was at home, uh, all I could think of is, you know, I'm sorry I didn't mean it. I'm sorry I didn't mean it. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. But the drunk driver who hit somebody and they died, that person is still dead. And all their family members are, are mourning the loss of, so there's consequences, yeah. And you've told many men over the years, you know, because um, they got caught in their sin and they had to go to jail. And the, the consequences you're talking about, sin repented of, are there consequences, this, are there going to be consequences, yeah. But the difference is, and you've, I've heard you say that this to one man, but you're going to. I've said it half dozen times mm-hmm. over the years. You're going to go to prison, but it'd be better if you just repent and ask the Lord into your heart, so He can be there with you. And so, yeah. Anyway, so there's there's consequences, and we've all experienced them. And you know, God's mercy and His grace is an amazing thing. You know, I love. His, my favorite thing about the Lord is his forgiveness. So I've experienced <laughs> uh, mercy and grace a lot. So for those of you out there who have, you know, messed up, I, I was talking to you earlier about the prodigal son. He messed up big time and just, you know, Dad, give me my, my share of the inheritance. So he had it, and then a little while later he said, I think I can make it on my own. I got enough, you know. I'm a, I'm out of here. I'm tired of working these fields. I'm tired of, you know, not being the boss of me. I'm gonna take my money and go on over here to where I can have me some fun. And then the money ran out. You know, we we, we as parents sometimes we think, well, I want my kids to have have it better than I ever had. And so instead of training them up, teaching them how to work, teaching them the value of money. Uh, Teaching them how to be um, respectful. Say no to them sometimes <laughs> yeah, when, yeah. You, when you need to. Yeah, yeah. You don't need all that. No, I don't care if the other kids all have that. You're not getting this because I know it's not the best thing for you. And so we don't do that. We just indulge them. So I was kind of, you know, this young man, you want your stuff? Okay, go on and go. Sometimes the Lord will do that with us. We just insist on having our own way. And so anyway, um, the money runs out and nobody's giving him anything. He's working in with pigs, and you know, little Jewish boys aren't supposed to be, or big Jewish boys aren't supposed to be working with pigs. And he's hungry now. No money, 
No, nothing. And nobody's even giving him the pods that the pigs are eating. So he comes to his right mind. I love the King James. It says, when he came to his own mind. Mm -hmm. He knew. No longer mind controlled by Satan. No longer mind controlled by the enemy. And Paul, you and I have spoken about this in the past several times. You know, one of the ways that we can pray for our children who have been convinced by this world that it's okay to live a homosexual lifestyle or it's, it's okay, even admirable, to... A transition from the gender you were born with to uh, to to declaring yourself to be uh, the the other gender, or or no gender at all. Now there's just no end to it. Now you can be a cat. Yeah, yeah, furries. They're called furries. That's just yeah. crazy, crazy. Yeah. But 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 they allow that. There are public schools that allow those kids to have litter boxes in, in the in the in the classroom and answer the questions with the meow. Yeah. And uh, it just, <laughs> what? Well, th- what we need to do is pray for these kids that they would come to their own mind, a mind that's not been seized by the enemy or seized by the world that we live in. Um, but, but, but for those of you with parent, parents who have kids who are going through this, just pray that they'll come to their own mind. But remember, you've got to stand with and for Jesus Christ. Uh, because in the prodigal's case, Paula, the answer was, um, you know, I was better off at my father's house than I am now. And the father was looking for him. And a lot of these kids, especially kids that have grown up in church, uh, they can find all the support uh, online that they want. Um, They can find um, a thousand reasons uh, to, to, to rebel against God. Uh, but the reality is they're not in control of their own mind. They have been brainwashed. And the enemy, uh, I, I've, I've said often that there's a spirit of deception, that the, a lying spirit that God has permitted uh, in these last days. And uh, it is evident. I mean, the, 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 the proof is before our very eyes. And I think rather than um, giving in simply to stay in contact with your child, uh, I think what we need to do, what we really need to do, is to to stand up, rightly represent the Lord. Don't permit behavior like that in your home. And if that means you lose your child temporarily, the goal is to win him or her mm-hmm. for eternity. Mm-hmm. And we forget that. Yeah, We forget that. We've got people that simply want to um, do anything and everything um, just to appease their children, and that's bad parenting. I want to talk more about that in a minute. We'll come back. Let's let's take a break. We got an anonymous caller on line one. Thank you for calling. You're on the air. Uh, yes, I have a question. Okay. I'm a uh, born again Christian, and uh, recently my brother's ex-wife had tried to kill herself she's had problems with alcohol and uh just not doing well and i've been praying for her really hard and my brother and i talked on the phone and i was asking him why i couldn't understand why she never really cared for me as a person And he told me that it was because back in our 20s, while they were dating, she found out she was pregnant. And I did him a favor by calling her and convincing her to get an abortion. Mm. I don't remember it because... I had a serious drug problem myself at the time, mm-hmm. and I have to believe that it happened because, I don't know, He, I just believe it happened because I had a problem with drugs, mm-hmm. and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't who I am now. So, my struggle is, of course, I've repented, I was devastated. When I found out, and um, I want to call her and apologize, but I don't know if that's the thing to do because she's already in not a very good place. 
Yeah. So what's your take? Yeah, I, I can hear your pain, and I'm so, so very, very sorry. You know, the, the thing that you've got to remember uh, is that um, what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in Second Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, uh, in this case, she is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And you need to be okay with that. You need to you need to to to, to prayerfully uh, understand that that was a completely different person. It's like now you're looking back and the things that you don't remember when you were being controlled by sin and by drugs and by other things. Um, you, you you bear no guilt or responsibility for at all, and that's really really important for you to understand. Um, with regard to calling her. Uh, I think um, the, the best possible thing you could do is call her mm-hmm. and say, you know what, don't, don't say I don't remember it. D- just say, look, um, I apologize. Um, my brother told me that that's why you never liked me. I am so sorry. I was out of my mind. That was sin. And I'm so sorry. And I beg your forgiveness. And then just leave it at that. I promise you, you are not her problem. Her problem is that she needs Jesus, and this is an opportunity for you and your apology to say that that uh, I'm a different person now because I gave my life to Jesus Christ, and uh, I know you're going through hard time, and you too can be a different person by giving your life to Jesus Christ. And if there's ever anything I can help you with, or if you want me to um, to to talk to you about Jesus, I'll be happy to. But the purpose of this call is just to ask you. Uh, I, I beg that you can forgive me one day. I wanted you to know how broken my heart is for the counsel that I gave you. And um, just leave it at that, and then it's in her hands, in the Lord's hands, and pray for her. I, of course, you, I know you're doing that. But here's, here, again, this is so important. You've got to accept uh, what Romans 8, one says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so don't feel condemned. Don't let it stumble you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. And don't let her, even if she refused to accept your apology and is angry, don't let that influence you whatsoever. Because from this point forward, all you're doing is looking forward to the work that Jesus has for you. So, yeah, you did something. Uh, It was a sin. But uh, that sin was covered by the blood of Jesus, as are all the other sins. Paul, do you want to add anything? Yes. You know what, um, Anonymous? I'm so thankful because this was a divine appointment. I had no idea we were going to be talking about uh, abortion and stuff. This was all the Lord wanting to free you um, so that you can help. Uh, You've been comforted by the Lord by the answer that Pastor Ron just gave you, and you can turn around and comfort your ex-sister-in-law, with those same said words. The Lord knew all about and knows all about why you are the way you are, your sister-in-law, and he wants to free her just like he freed you. So God bless you for calling. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Yeah, and I'll be I'll be praying for you. God knows you're not anonymous to our Jesus, so I will be praying for you. And if you need uh, any encouragement after that, please uh, please let us know. We'll we'll help if we can. Oh boy, heartbreaking stuff. But there's a good example of divine appointment. Mm-hmm. We have 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the date day show of the Word to Stand Up for Life. Um, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Let's go right to a call at the top. We've got Lucy on line one from Universal City. Lucy, thanks for holding. You're on the air. Lucy. Hola, mi <laughs> hermana. Hola. <laughs> What's up, Lucy? Hello, 
I want to say how awesome, praise the Lord, about that young girl. I met her last night, and, mm. it, oh, I've, I've been praying ever since. Mm. You know, you know, Lucy. Yeah, Lucy. Let me let me explain. She she was on her way out, um, and you know, I, I I said that in the invitation at the end. And even though almost every almost everybody's already saved on a Wednesday night Old Testament study, I always give an invitation. And um, um, just that phrase that I used, and I don't always use that phrase, but just that phrase that I used. She was on her way out, and the Lord wouldn't let her leave. And she she turned back into the sanctuary and walked back in to find me. And uh, uh, that's just how good God is. Amen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so here is my question about the Bible. And it goes back to the prayer breakfast on Monday morning at Paula's uh, prayer breakfast. Well, of course... It's your house too, Pastor Ron. But on Monday, the uh, Bible, <laughs> the prayer breakfast is Paula's house. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so uh, God had woken me up thinking about Isaiah forty-one ten or forty-one, yeah, forty-one ten, and uh, it says, "So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God." I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you with my righteous right hand. And during my prayer, as I was remembering that verse, I asked Jesus, Lord, what do you do with your left hand uh, as, as you're holding us? And I was, uh, I, I was surprised later to hear Paula chime in with a prayer saying that she thought she heard from the Holy Spirit what God does with his left hand. And I'm going to invite Paula to say what she said on Monday. Okay, but before she does that, let me let me just be sure that everybody understands that God the Father doesn't have hands. This is symbolic language. And the right, right. hand the right hand is the power hand. Yeah. And, of course, we know Jesus is seated now at the right hand of God. Jesus, who is God, has hands. But the Father is spirit, so he doesn't have hands. So this is symbolic language. Mm-hmm. So, Paula, what heresy did you <laughs> share? <laughs> I just said, basically, don't mess with my kids. You know, he'll just get the thing that is hindering our walk out of the way if we're just... Being with Jesus, basically, he takes his left hand and say, y'all get out the way. And then he, with his right hand holding his, come on, baby, let's go. <laughs> so basically, that's what I was saying. But yeah, he just moves out those obstacles so we can, we can go ahead and do what the Lord okay, has Okay, I us love to do. the heart, but let me make sure everybody understands. Yeah, saying, clean that, that up, Pastor That is now. theologically not correct. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean... I'm kind of teaching out of context. What do you think? I have that. I have that issue. Go ahead, straighten yeah. it up. That's why you no, called. I, I cleaned it up. Okay, good. Okay, Lucy. What else? It, praise the Lord. I I will not hold it as uh, doctrine or anything else. It was just thank you, Lord, for assuring us that when we fear, we can turn to you. That's right. Thank you, Lucy. Uh, just, just stay. Lucy, if it happens one more time, mm-hmm. let me know. We'll have to stone her. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, God. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Thank you. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Yeah. Um, Paula, before we move on with whatever's on your heart, and I, I know I've kind of interrupted a bunch no, today already. Awesome. But but uh, um, uh, let me make everybody in the, in the audience angry with me. Uh-oh. Okay? Come on, babe. This is important. When we were talking about the prodigal coming to his own mind, mm-hmm. um, um, either this is prompted by the Holy Spirit or it's not, and I'll leave that for everybody to decide uh, because you've got to make the decisions. But Paula, for the life of me, for the life of me, I cannot understand why parents are allowing their children's minds to be taken over uh, by, by, by paying for cell phones, giving them uh, access to, to demonic things, 
um, ungodly things, worldly things. Um, um, the, the enemy is messing with our kids, and it seems to me as parents don't care. It just seems to me like the parents don't care. Oh, well, you know, everybody has a phone. Do you, do you realize we're talking about the the uh, LGBTQ community, and in particular the kids now that are struggling with transgender, in particular young girls? Um, you're just uncomfortable with your body? Um, well, it's because you're born in the wrong one. And, um, you know, the, the, the um, access these kids have uh, and have been allowed to have by their parents, um, um, Reddit and Tumblr, um, and, and there's another one that I can't think of right now. Um, th- th- these websites, these apps are convincing your children of horrible things and parents don't care. For me, a lot of parents are wanting to be their kids' friends, and a lot of parents don't want to put down their cell phones. A lot of parents are going with the flow, and so the parents are more like the kids than they need to be. Yeah, nobody can convince me, and and, and what I get was, well, you know, they have to have cell phones. Nobody can convince me that's true. We would not give our kids. Your children are looking at pornography, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. They're looking at pornography. Um, un- pictures of themselves uh, unrestricted. They're seeing pictures of themselves yeah, yeah, uh, no. naked and, and yeah. in, in sexually compromising mm-hmm. positions. Um, they're talking about things that kids, you know, the, the Song of Solomon says, do not awaken desire until it's time. We've got girls before puberty who are involved now watching pornography. And and it's because they have these computers. Our, the parents allow the children to take those phones in their bedrooms and close the door. And they just sit on it all day long. And um, But that starts early because we see people when we go out to restaurants, the kids, the little kids, little kids, less than two, are acting up. And they they just pull and scream and hit mom just give them until a, they give the phone to them. Yeah, or a screen or, or so, some, some yeah. sort of iPad. But, but but this is such an important issue, and um, we have been convinced it's okay. Let our kids die. Yeah. It, we it's, we've been convinced that we're terrible parents if we don't give them cell phones, and you can't convince me of that. And the damage I've seen as a pastor, uh, I've seen the destruction in families. I've dealt with the heartbreak of of kids who've been convinced online that they're really uh, um, a different gender than they were born with. Um, you know, even even then they say we're assigned at birth. No, we were, we're born a male or a female, period. And the, the world that we live in, Paula, um, we're actually aiding and abetting our children's destruction. Yeah. And I just don't get it. And nobody, and I've had people say, well, you can't take cell phones away from these teenagers. If you don't, you're destroying them. Yeah. And remember, you're going to answer to God. You're going to stand before the Lord. So I, I, I recognize how radical that is. I also, I want everybody to understand, I recognize I'm not going to change the world. But but this is a message for Christian parents. How is it that we can be complicit in our child's destruction? And we don't feel any guilt about it. And in fact, if we don't give them a phone, that's what we feel guilty about. It's time to restore some sanity, some discipline, some self-control, and some sense of righteousness in our families. Yeah. Okay, Paul, I'm going to leave the room, and you can have the rest of the program. <laughs> no. No, they don't want that. But, uh, you know, it does say when he came to his senses. And that's if, you know, you, you restrict them from those things. They're getting, sometimes they get mad, and they want to storm out. You know, our kids try to pull that kind of stuff on them, and on us and I was like if you can find somewhere to live better than here you should go for it <laughs> Paul, I will never forget when Ronnie was running away from home and he was putting a little backpack together <laughs> you know looking in the refrigerator for some sandwiches and, and just a few little things food was more important than clothing mm-hmm. but he had just a little bit of stuff and you said where, where, where are you going well I'm running away and, and you said well do you have a plan where are you going? He said, "No, but I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna run away." And you said to him, 
If you can find parents that love you more than we do, go for it. And he was gone for, what, 20 minutes? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we're so afraid to, what's going to happen to my mijo or my mija if if I just let him go, if I just put him out? Where are they going to go if Mm -hmm. I don't let him bring his girlfriend in here at home? Where are they going to go? I mean, they have no, you know what, they need to go anywhere else. Yeah. And and we parents are, as I said a moment ago, aiding and abetting the destruction of our children. And it starts with the young ones carrying cell phones. Um, I had a granddaughter call me and say, Grandpa, make my dad get me a cell phone. And I said, ooh, are you barking up the wrong tree? Mm-hmm, and um, you know what? She still loves me. Mm-hmm. She still loves me. So, you know, parents, please pray about these things. You really don't need to. We know what the Lord says. It's your job to be a protector, a defender. But but at the very least, open your Bible and pray before you allow your children to destroy themselves. And And if it's too late, remember, you're paying for those cell phones so you can still take them, you can have them turned off. Pray that your son or your daughter would come to his or her own mind. Because right now their minds are captured by the spirit of this world, and that's the the enemy. The one who wants to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. And he is busy. So we as Christians, we need to stand up and uh, stand firm. So anyway, enough of that. Um, Then you went to, and I'm just bringing all kind of encouraging things today, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know what, Pastor Ron, you've been telling us that we need to toughen up. And, you know, you say I light up a room when, when I come in, and, and I'm I'm happy for that. I, I do have the gift of encouragement. I got a lot of joy. At the same time, I want to be more like you, a lot more serious. Instead of like when we're in a, a heavy counseling session, when I would get uncomfortable, you know, I need to lighten up the, the mood. And so... I'd come with something silly or stupid, mostly. Um, <laughs> what would I say? Not now. Yeah. This isn't the time to lighten things up, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. But you were talking about what's the cause of prejudice, and don't we all have those, you know, that we need to take to the Lord? Because I remember saying, not in a not race kind of thing, but different kind of people, um, and I would say, Man, those people. And the Lord would say, excuse me? You know, those people. You mean those people that I love so much that I've put my love in your heart for? Mm. Oh, that's right. You know, so we have to take a step back and say, Lord, I don't want to represent myself. I do not belong to myself at all. And you are the creator of all, and you want them to be adopted you're not all created your children, but you sure want them to be. And he said, yeah, them, that means you. I wanted you. And somebody had to go out of their way to introduce you to me. Um, and so don't think, don't be on your high horse thinking you're better than anybody else. But what was, what's the cause of prejudice? You said, first, of course, our sin nature. And then pride, counting ourselves better than somebody else. That's why Paul said, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Yeah, yeah. You know, and joy of Jesus is coming, and we're going to be um, ministering to uh, a lot of people, not just the homeless, but now the countryless, and not just the homeless and the countryless. That's everybody who comes to that park. And the Lord only sees two kind of people, saved and unsaved. He doesn't see, because he makes the rich and the poor alike. And we could have everything we need, but he could make us even more needy by taking those things away. So we have to cling only in, to him. So, I mean, he's in control of it all. So it's been one of those things where, Lord, let me remember how far down you had to come to get me. Don't let me get too high and mighty thinking those people. And so we all have those prejudices. And and then the fear of the unknown, I think that was mine. Yeah. Just the fear of the unknown. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that, that we've got to get to the place, Paula, where we, we actually confess that our prejudices are sin. Yeah. 
and and that's hard for us. Well, you know, this was the way I was raised, or well, this is just the way it's always been. No, uh, our it's a sin, and First John one nine covers that sin. Yeah. But we've got to acknowledge it as sin, repent from that sin, which means there has to be a change in our hearts. And tragically, tragically, um, you know, we have a, a tendency. Well, well, I'm this way because. And we explain away our sin, which means that we never really deal with it. And then if we extrapolate the consequences of that, that means our prayers aren't being heard. That means our fellowship with God is cut off. And we are misrepresenting rather than rightly representing our Lord. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I've said this so many times, because when when I was raised, I was raised a Democrat and a black angry woman. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And so that's just how I was raised. And so if you want to try to come in here and change things, I don't think so. But over time, being with the Lord, he says, that's not what, I, that's not what I'm expecting of you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's me. And when I look at people, you know, I, I look at them with love. And so, Paula, that's who you are now. You got to die to yourself, and and it's about living, representing Jesus. And, and that's what happens when we really meet Him, well, when He makes that deposit of love into our heart from Romans five five. Um, necessarily, it has to change you. And if you haven't been changed, if you can still rationalize being prejudiced, or still rationalize being unforgiving, or still rationalize being angry or unkind, mm-hmm. um, then then you haven't really met him. Yeah. Now you know about him. You could have been baptized. Mm-hmm. You 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 could have uh, been in church every Sunday for your entire life, but you haven't met him. Yeah. If that deposit of love in your heart hasn't changed you, mm-hmm. because the reality is once we meet him, we're his, we're no longer ours. And we have no right to those prejudices. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really a, an amazing thing. For um, last night, I was telling you, you know, while you were teaching, I had a kind of a, a moment at church, a little judgmental uh, issue came up in my heart. And I was like, oh, man. I still have that, you know. So I was having to repent while you're talking, and uh, how the Lord just changed my heart so quickly from being judgmental to gracious. Yeah, when you get out of your flesh and let the Spirit take over, that was one of those, for me, a divine appointment, but one of those wow moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you did the right thing with it. We've got Mark on line one from San Antonio. Mark, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Yes, thank you, Pastor Ron. I have a interesting and very touchy situation right here with uh, uh, a couple, friend of uh, self and my wife, a dear brother and sister in the Lord, and uh, they've come on bad uh, times of their marriage relationship. Uh, the husband has said that he wants uh, sexual relations with his wife because he doesn't want to loosen his heart after other women. But she says uh, she feels like a prostitute. She feels like uh, she doesn't feel comfortable at all giving into his demands uh, for like three times a week. They whittled it down to two times a week, but she still feels very, very uncomfortable and uh, doesn't say somewhere in the world that people, they can abstain for prayer purposes or something like that. But she is really, does she have any kind of, Appalling this whatsoever to kind of just say no way because uh, they really need to work out some other things together that I'm not really not at liberty to say on the air right now. Yeah, I understand. Uh, she even thought maybe she wants to she wants to uh, uh, maybe even move away or be separated for a time. So uh, because she feels really uncomfortable, real like she's a blackmailer under duress to do given to his demands. Yeah, Mark, uh, we're we're inside three minutes, so I'll answer this as quickly as I can and. And uh, if you need more help, you can you can write to us at the uh, questions at calvarysa.com thing, and we'll see what we can do. Uh, this couple needs help. They're in trouble. Um, the same passage says she can abstain. Uh, a sexual fast, in essence, also says your body's not your own. Mm-hmm. Your body belongs to your husband. The husband's body belongs to the wife. And it is sin to, to withhold that body. On the other hand, uh, the man in this situation says, well, I want my wife to have sex with me, so, so I, I won't lust after other women. Um, th- that's his issue. 
Uh, that's sin. If he's lusting after other women and holding that as blackmail over his wife's head, you can imagine why she wouldn't want to give her body mm-hmm. to him. So, uh, you know, th- this this idea we men have, well, if my wife doesn't satisfy my needs and I'm going to have to look elsewhere, that is not something a Christian can say. And you said these are a Christian couple. They need to get together with their pastor now. They need to get counseling, and they need sooner rather than later. Um, um, there, there's there's issues in the background I can promise you that need to be detailed. Paula, we're inside mm-hmm. a minute and a half or so now. What, I, I don't have anything to add to that other than get some help and get it now. Yeah, and and um, um, they they need to remember the promises they made to God, His promise to love, to honor, to cherish, um, and, and and protect her, um, and she needs to remember. Uh, her promises to God and her promises in her wedding vows. And they, they, they need to be, both of them, more concerned about what God is thinking mm-hmm. than uh, what they're experiencing or what they're going through on their own. So, Mark, I wish we had more time. The call came late in the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the idea that a man has a right to sin or is going to sin and that's somehow justified if my wife isn't meeting my needs is the very antithesis of the role that God has given him in his own home yeah. to, to love his wife the way Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her. Mm-hmm. So this is a couple in desperate trouble. They need help. If they're believers, this is something that really ought to be uh, urgent. Hey, thanks for tuning in. It's been a little bit different. You're a little more serious today, but I think sometimes that's important. You've been listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'll be back tomorrow at... 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.